Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church Podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. This week is week two of our series on vision, looking at God's vision for Beach Grove United Methodist Church, and we are going to be diving into the first part of the vision that we have discerned as we look at what it means to be a visible church without walls, and diving in to the second section of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. And so we invite you to join us along this journey. A reminder that our services are available in their entirety on our YouTube channel, which is linked in the podcast notes. And we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available. You can subscribe using your favorite podcast app. And if you're feeling really, really generous, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review that would help us to grow our audience. Lastly, we invite you to find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and don't forget to share it with others. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. Please stand for the gospel. You are the soul of the earth, but if soul has lost its flavor, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled on the foot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it on the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good work and give glory to your Father in heaven. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that through your words for us this day, we would grow closer to you and learn more about the works you are calling us towards here in this community. Amen. I invite you to take out your notes page there if you are joining us. It should be in your bulletin. If you're joining us in person, it should be in your bulletin. If you are joining us online, there should be a link for you to find those sermon notes to follow along. Um, you do have the uh, full scripture there. I know it's a lot, four verses to fit on that page. It took a lot of font playing to get it on there. Um, unfortunately, because the scripture was so long, you don't really have any white space to write extra notes on there. So um, don't blame the length of the sermon. It's, it's the length of the scripture that, no, I'm kidding. Um, I invite you to take out a pen or a pencil. Uh, there are pencils on the seat backs in front of you. If you uh, have your own notes that you want to write down or things you want to circle, I invite you to do so. Um, you know, some of you may not know this about me, but, but I'm kind of blind. Um, I have vision problems. I'm very, 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 very nearsighted. Um, I've worn glasses since I was a little kid. I was one of those uh, cute children with the cute kids' glasses that like and, and go around, right? Y'all, I mean, y'all, I'm, everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? <sighs> Any kid that wears them is like 40 times cuter with them on. Um, and actually, when I was five, I had to start wearing contacts as a way to, to slow the degen- degeneration of my eyes down um, because. Uh, you know, I was going, my vision was deteriorating so quickly and was going so bad so quickly that we uh, started to wear contacts so that the, uh, my eyes would stop changing so quickly. 
Um, but you know, one of the things that I've always found interesting about myself is despite my lack of vision, when I don't have my contacts in or my glasses on, I can actually see and get around pretty well. Now, I'm not driving, don't worry, like, friends, the power on my contacts is minus nine, the power on my glasses is like minus ten and a half, I'm blind, like, for all intents and purposes, I'm not driving, I'm not shaving, but, you know, um, but I, I can get around places. So like when I was in college, I could get from my dorm room to my dorm's bathroom, which was probably about 30 or 40 meters away from my dorm room. Um, I could, you know, get a shower and all that stuff. Uh, again, not shaving, not shaving. Um, without my glasses on, without my contacts in. Um, in fact, even a couple of weeks ago when I went to the eye doctor, and you know, for those of you who wear contacts, you know, there's always that one point in the trip when you have to take your contacts out, um, and the knucklehead that I am forgot to bring my glasses with me so that while I don't have my contacts in, I can see, so now I'm walking around the doctor's office, like practically blind, but I got around pretty well, and actually my doctor commented to me, hey, you get around pretty well for an almost blind person. And I told him, I said, well, I, I've gotten really good at it over the years, right? When, when, when you can't see very well, you kind of adapt, even if you do have the glasses and the contacts to make it better. But I got really good about differentiating light and colors so that if I didn't have those in, I could at least like not run into a wall. Or maybe if I did run into the wall, maybe it wasn't hard enough to like concuss myself. I've had to make those, those changes in my mind, and it's actually made me, even with glasses and contacts, it's made me more aware of what is going on in my surroundings, right? And so I know where things are, unless, of course, I'm trying to get gloves for communion in the middle of a song, and I'm trying not to hit the chimes there. And then I just hit them every time I get my, my stole caught in them, I get my, my uh, cincher caught in them, I get my robe caught in them, um, and the funny thing is I'm wearing contacts when I'm doing that. So I feel like I should know better. So um, point chimes, zero Andrew. Um, but I've gotten really good. And it's about noting your surroundings, about seeing, it's about knowing how things are visible, even when I have limited eyesight that has allowed me to do some of those things, that has given me the ability to even get around and see without my contacts in. You know, in this series, we're, we're talking about vision. And today, even more so, we're talking about visibility in our vision. As we started last week, we've announced the vision that we have discerned for this Beach Grove community. And we saw and discerned that our vision, that God's vision for this community is to be a visible church without walls, strengthening our community by connecting resources to needs through partnerships. And as I invited us to consider last week, right, this vision, this is the lens through which we see, through which we act, through which we do to meet the missional needs of the church, right? So to meet what the mission of the church is, right, to go and make disciples of all nations, right, to be disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, right? This is the mission of the church, and the vision that we have here at Beach Grove is how we see see how we understand where God is calling us to fulfill that mission. And so as we, as we uh, get strategic goals, as we look at ministries of the church, all of them will be viewed in this lens of this vision. 
And as I introduced last week, right, at least as I see it, you may think a little bit differently, but as I was looking at this vision and I was unpacking how, uh, how God was calling me to preach this vision and how God was calling me to unpack this vision, I saw three unique parts that I want to work us through over the next few weeks. And so I want to start today with the first part of that vision, a visible church without walls. I want you to take that pen, that pencil, whatever you have with you, and I want you to underline or circle the part of that vision there on your sermon notes. I gave you the whole vision there, but I want you to, to circle it. I want you to do that act so that you can see what we are unpacking here today. Because, because there's a lot, not just in this vision, but there's a lot in that section, in each of these sections that, well... Because when we started this process, right, when we began to work on that breakthrough prayer that really began to center us, right, we called for God to break down our walls. We called for God, whether they were physical or metaphorical, break down those walls. And so when it came time to actually put pen to paper for a vision for what we felt God was calling us to do, it seemed only natural that God was calling us to be a church without walls. And not just to be a church without walls, but to be a visible church without walls. Right? It might seem a little, we want to be visible, but we don't want to have walls. Right? It, it, it seems a little, a little weird. And I, I want to tell you where my thought process goes on this, right? And, you know, this entire discernment process came about because, because of the pandemic, really. Right? And I think for many of us during the pandemic, we lost this sense of connectedness to our church buildings. Right? When, when, being a pastor during this time, it's the same. I heard it every week, right? Like, when can we get back to the church buildings? I want to get back into church. I want to get, you know, we wanted to get back into our buildings. And there was this sense in which we lost this connection, right? For all intents and purposes, our buildings were closed. But it was in that time that we really began to lay the foundation for moving our sense of being the church away from the physical building and more into a person-to-person understanding, right? The church is not the building. The church is each and every one of us. It began to plant the seeds that we are more than where we meet. Now, let me caveat all that by saying that our buildings are great and useful resources. Like, we would be in a lot different of a situation without this building, but we are more than just this building. The church is the people. The physical, the spiritual, emotional, all the resources that we bring together. Whether we are here or we are someplace else. And so our thought process led us to name this nature that we are not, our nature as church cannot be defined by walls. But, it does not negate the fact that we must be visible. People, people need to be able to see us. People need to be able to understand the work that we are doing, no matter where we encounter people in society. That means whether people are driving down, driving down driver lane, I never thought that would be a tongue twister for me, or they see us out and about, at the grocery store, at the coffee shop, at the restaurant, at the brewery, at the gym, at the social hall, wherever we are. To be visible means that we are seen for who we are all over the community. 
And I think the scripture before us today does and expresses this understanding so well by calling us in two ways to embody God's kingdom. And so a little bit of background, right? This passage, these four verses are right there towards the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. That is this three-chapter section of Scripture in the Gospel of Matthew, probably one of Jesus' longest consecutive discourses throughout his ministry. Jesus is preaching to this crowd, giving them this understanding, and in doing so is laying forth this ideology, this theology of the kingdom of God. And Jesus starts, for many of us will remember, Jesus starts with the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are you, and blessed are you, and blessed are you, and blessed are you. And so where does Jesus go next? But Jesus then goes from blessed to then this idea that we are salt and light for the world. Or as I like to say, we are salty and we are bright. Really? that Y'all think that's the joke? See, 930 did the same thing, right? We're not salty in that way. We're salty in a different way. I'm going to get to it in a minute. We're going to talk about it, but I want to unpack the nature of this scripture for us a little bit first, because when we talk about a visual church, a visible church, when we talk about a visible church, I think it's important to assert that a visible church, whether it is, whether we are talking about what we do here in this space, whether we are talking about what we do in this entire space, It's a good thing this is a video medium because this would be crazy for the people who are listening to this audio-wise. Or whether we're talking about what we do out there in the community, that we are visible, that we understand our visibility in these two ways. Right? Because, I, I mean, like, Jesus hits the nail on the head a lot. Right? I think we can all name that. Amen? Like, Jesus hits the nail on the head a lot. But I think Jesus does a really good job when it comes to talking about these two qualities and what it means to carry these two qualities, being salt and light, as a manner of how we practice our faith as the church. Right? Because the church is the people. Each and every one of us make up the church. The church is not defined by a physical space. The church is defined by the kingdom of God. I want to caution us from getting wrapped up too much in the physical, but to think beyond because we want to be a visible church without walls. Now that's not, I'm like, get it out of your mind. We're not going to take, we're not going to take sledgehammers to this building. We need to keep this building because we, we do kind of need a place to come and experience sanctuary. But we want ourselves to be visible churches without walls. We want people to see us and even to see this space as a place where church happens, as a place where church is, as a place where church exists. Right? Uh, my, my church history professor wrote in a commentary, her name is Amy Oden, she writes in a commentary about this passage, she says, those who follow Jesus don't merely sit back and receive abundant life, or even simply tell others about what a great abundant life we have. No, Jesus is talking here about a life that makes a difference for others in the world, and in doing so identifies what it means to be the church, Right? It all ties in, and it's really that last verse that really punctuates that point home for us because Jesus says in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. 
I mean, isn't that what we're called to be as Christians? Isn't that what we're called? We're called to be visible. We're called to be known. We are called to be seen in the world and not to be seen just as any old under like regular person, but to be seen as the kingdom of God that is being brought on earth through the ministries that we live out. And so we are called to be salt and light. Both of these elements expressing how the world experiences and sees us. And so Jesus starts with salt. Jesus starts with salt. And I know for many of us, salt is an experience. And too much salt might be too much of an experience. And for some of us, even a little bit of salt may be too much of an experience. But salt is an experience. Right, salt in the ancient and biblical world, it was not just used for flavor. It was not just used for their McDonald's fries. But it was used to preserve things, right? You know, I mean, they had Smithfield ham back then. I mean, it's possible. It's been around a long time. But they also used salt as currency in order to trade and barter. And so Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but thrown out and trampled underfoot. And so here's the thing, friends, if salt is not salt, what is it? That's what I thought. If salt is not salt, it might as well be dirt on the ground. Right? If salt does not have taste, if salt cannot do its job in preserving then even in the ancient world, salt had no value to anybody. It is merely something that should be thrown out. And so salt is an experience. And in understanding ourselves as the salt of the earth, we bring the experience of who God is. We bring the gifts. We bring the grace. We bring who God calls us to be. And then Jesus moves on to light, moves on to his next metaphor saying, you are the light of the world, right? And then he gives us a couple of duh statements, right? Salt, salt may be a little bit murkier in understanding the connection to the kingdom, but Jesus says you are the light of the world. And really, I don't know that Jesus needed to explain much more than that because I'm like, got it, got it. But Jesus goes on, he says, you know, a city built on a hill cannot be hid. I mean, have you ever tried to hide a city to begin with? Like, it's really hard. I don't know that you necessarily need to put it on a hill, but, you know. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel. But they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all the house, right? Well, we've got lights, so this, this, the candle doesn't work as well in here. <laughs> I mean, it feels, it feels really translatable, right? We can get that. We get that one. We understand that one, right? Light, it provides light. It brightens up a room. Right, we're not going to light a candle and then put it out immediately. Because obviously we've lit the candle for a purpose. We're not going to turn on our lights and then put some sort of thing that blocks the light from, from spreading throughout the room. Light brightens. And as individual Christians and as communities bonded together by this language, called church, we are called to be seen. We are called to brighten the world. And so if we are going to embody this idea of being a visible church, we have to discern ways in which we live into these two ideals set forth by Jesus, to be both salt and light. 
We must, in the nature of salt, understand that which sets us apart and hold on and latch on to it. Right? What gives Beech Grove its saltiness? What are those gifts, those graces highlighted for others to see in us? How do we do the work of offering those gifts to the world? Then, how are we doing it in a way that folks can see, that folks can experience, that folks can understand? Right? We have so many great resources in our church community. It's time that people start seeing that. So what does this all mean? Right? That's the big question. What does this mean for our vision? How do we live into this part of God's vision for this community? And I'll offer us two levels of this, right? Not just the salt and the light. I want to offer a personal experience and a communal experience, right? Individually, I think one of the best ways that we do this, that we live into God's command to be salt and light, the best way that we live into being a visible church without walls is that we live into God's commands for God's kingdom, right? To love God and to love neighbor. Immediately following this part of the scripture passage, immediately following this this explanation of salt and light, Jesus goes on to say that we should also follow God's commands to love God and to love neighbor. And so as we see our love for our community, we will begin to see the ways in which the community surrounding us will recognize the role that we as the church, we as individuals in the church, play in the community. And not only do we love God and love neighbors in an outward fashion, but then we also play a role in inviting others to be a part of our community as well. We invite others to recognize the nature of community that we express, and we invite others to come and experience it for themselves too. To experience opportunities of worship, of service, of discipleship. Oftentimes, even taking these activities into other communities for folks to see and experience themselves. And then, beyond our own individual experiences, we also, as a community, seek to be visible When people not only drive past our building, but when they hear about this church, they know who we are, they know what we do, and they know the work that we have done in community, in the community. And this is what a visible church without walls does. It takes this sense that church is about the physical, and it turns it into the spiritual. That way, no matter where we are in the world, no matter what we are doing, we are representatives of both God's kingdom and of Beach Grove United Methodist Church. It calls us to be aware and recognize what we're doing out in the world. And it also calls us to be aware and to recognize how we use those physical spaces we have been blessed with. Right? It calls us to do that hard work of of making this church space all it can be as well. Not only are we beacons out into the world, but we can do here in our space as well that people not only know what church we are a part of, but they also know how to engage, whether it's here, in this space, or it's out in the community. Right? We are not defined by our walls. That's what it means to break down our walls. But we definitely find ways to use them to help and minister to others. I mean, let's name that we have been blessed with a wonderful building. Let's also name that we've been blessed with a lot of land. Let's also name that we have been blessed to live in such an amazing community in which amazing things happen, right? There are so many resources around us to experience and express community, 
to be a visible community that is not defined by the walls of this building, but is defined by the ways each and every one of us practices church, whether we're here in this space or out in the world. We want folks to know we are here. Not because we want them to know how awesome we are, though I think many of us know we are a a very awesome church, amen, right? But we do so so that in experiencing this church, no matter where they are, we know that they have experienced the very love and grace of God. And so how is God calling us to be salt and light for the world? How is God calling us to be a visible church without walls? Amen.